0: Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome
1: to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator. And
0: Martha, the co-pilot. And we're actually talking
1: to you from a campground. From the RV. We have driven 200 miles north as we visit Door County, Wisconsin, which is on the peninsula north of Green Bay, Wisconsin.
0: This is a scenic area that we have visited many times over the years and would strongly recommend to you when you come to the Midwest, especially those of you who live in hot summer places. This summer has been especially hot, and it's always a little cooler
1: and more temperate up here because the peninsula just juts out into the water. This is a 60-mile peninsula that sticks out into Lake Michigan, and it's generally cooler in the summer and is a very popular spot for Midwesterners to visit. As the summer heat, as Martha just mentioned, as the summer heat uh, builds and uh, has built. Jeez, it's, it's been hot at home. And we are up here enjoying uh, hot weather. <laughs> but the summery weather. Yeah.
0: And that's okay because it's dawned on me that the summer is winding down and I treasure every moment that I can stay in shorts and
1: be near my home. Uh, this is kind of one thing. of those um, local uh, tourist destinations. It's not really world-class, but it's nice because it has a lot of uh, scenic attractions and little cities, bays, and uh, things to visit. Kind of Cape Cod-y, I yeah, would say. yeah, but... But it's in Lake Michigan, fresh water, which always is nice. No, sir. We are staying in a very nice county park. Um, we've never stayed here before, and well, I'm surprised we have never heard of it, but it is the Brown County Park, and it is um, just at the base of the peninsula. Reasonably priced, 50 amp, water, no sewer, but uh, a nice campground with lots of trees, which means, of course, we can't use our satellite dish, but... <sighs>
0: But we did just fine (laughs) with our Wi-Fi hotspots and were able to stream yesterday. I decided
1: not to bring the satellite stuff along this time just to kind of check out how streaming will be uh, should we decide to cut the cord. Or cut off the satellite dish. And frankly... It was fine. We've been getting, uh, with our hotspots, we have been getting a a good connection, and we have been able to stream without much trouble, and it has been good. That, along with over-the-air TV, it has been good. So maybe streaming is really something that we will be able to do on a more full-time basis. Until we can get Starlink. That wouldn't work here either, because we're under the trees. Oh,
0: And as you know, we we had our bets. We have two hotspots. One is on Verizon and one is on AT&T. And and inevitably, one of them works far better than the other, depending on the location.
1: Exactly. And in this case, the AT&T is working much better than Verizon.
0: Our main purpose for taking this trip was to give the motorhome a little exercise. We have learned the hard way that just sitting is not good for it. It's not good for us. And so we are happy to report that all systems were go as we
1: made our... (laughs) way up here it's so much work for us to have to go traveling we just hate it so we don't like to get up and we don't like to travel (sighs) we don't no we do (laughs) we just like to travel yeah so it's been three or four weeks since we've been home right that's enough (laughs) That's enough. Time to get on the road and see what's going on in the Northland.
0: And of course, the other blessing is that um, since the last time we refilled our home car, which was before we went to Europe, <laughs> the price of gas has gone down oh. about a dollar a gallon, which is good news for all of us who drive wherever it is we're driving. Uh, in it, our state, we tend to have among the a highest dollar a gallon prices in a month. We tend to have them the highest prices in the U.S., and so we are very grateful for the improvement in that. And we are also happy to see more and more <laughs> charging stations being built around the country and watch with great interest how that transition is going to go. I try to think back to how it must have been when people had horse-drawn carriages the- and. <laughs> The Model <laughs> T came.
1: I don't even think um,
0: about that. <laughs> and that was a painful transition, too. So uh, change is always painful, I guess. But we're glad to see that traveling around is not quite so expensive as it was at the beginning of the
1: summer. So we want to welcome all of our listeners to episode 209 for September of 2022. Ugh, the summer has kind of just flown, flown by here.
0: by. They always because do. Because we've been gone. Well of course, we weren't here. It was summer wherever we were. Yes.
1: We want to welcome you to this episode and uh, to the rvnavigator.com. If you're not familiar with us, we you know that we are a non-commercial podcast that broadcasts to you monthly for your enjoyment. And that's all. We don't advertise. We don't talk about uh, anything to buy. Oh, well... No. <coughs> Well, we do talk about things that we buy, but we don't talk about uh, advertising things.
0: Um, And when we tell you that we have bought things that we like, it's because we really
1: have bought them and we really like them. And we encourage you to visit the episode webpage at rvnavigator.com. You can take a look at uh, the calendar, which is I do monthly, which is a nice little backdrop wallpaper for your computer. And you can have a very nice picture from around the world uh, every month that is updated. And we'll provide you with some, well, lust in your heart.
0: see that you to want to visit. visit, yeah, yeah,
1: and we have enjoyed uh, making those pictures, and certainly enjoyed taking them.
0: And we thank you very much for continuing to travel with us as we have wandered off from the RV pretty much this summer. I would guess that some of the things that we have to talk about today are not RV-oriented either because oh, really? the last time we talked to you, we were we just were... about to come to France and do that portion of our European
1: trip. So for five weeks, we were spent time in Italy, and then we did a river cruise in France where we visited the Bordeaux region. <laughs> and drank a lot of wine it's interesting i had no idea where Bordeaux was until we went we started in paris we flew from venice to paris and i have to say this trip all of the flights came off without a hitch and all of our luggage arrived and we have really no complaints about the aircraft and the flights uh, that we've taken uh, either from the united states or intra-european so
0: but we are lucky that we live in Chicago and can book non stop flights. The more connections you have, the more likely it is that something could happen or a bag could be lost. Most
1: of the things we did were non stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that made it more simple. It gives it a help. So we flew to Paris, and, you know, we stayed um, <laughs> in a hotel that was far above our class. It came with
0: the cruise. It was a package, <laughs> or we would never have chosen
1: it. But this, uh, this is always an interesting question. Uh, when you're booking hotels for... Uh, big cities do you stay in the downtown uh or at an expensive high price or do you stay in the little bit further out where things are not quite as convenient and not quite as expensive Uh, in this case because our cruise it was this hotel was included with that in the package that was a pre-cruise package in paris we stayed at what would turn out to be a very centrally located hotel called the Pullman in Paris that actually overlooked the Eiffel Tower. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we could go to the bar that was on the roof and we could actually there have a nice view of the entire Eiffel Tower. Uh, the weather was great and we enjoyed uh, the scenic view and you could just go out the door and walk to the Eiffel Tower and to many of the other attractions. So <sighs> but I what have to it? say
0: that many of the people that we shared the space with were probably tourists like us. Oh Th- yeah, there it was. You didn't get such a local feeling there, like you might in a more
1: intimate neighborhood. I think. or in an Airbnb, we talked yeah. to a number of people who were staying in Airbnbs in Venice, and their location was quite remote. Um, but the, you know, then you have to take the transit. And Paris has good transportation, but we didn't have to take the transport the local transportation at all we could walk everywhere to we, wanted to, we wanted to go and we weren't there for long but it was a nice uh, surprise to see this hotel that was so nicely located and of course we had no idea in advance that that was the case it's always a conundrum where you're going to stay when you go to a big city and this was a, a nice way to start off our trip
0: The other thing we did there was we took a bike tour, and many of the things that you hear about in Paris that you think you should at least see, uh, like the Louvre and the Arc de Triomphe and those kind of places, um, are all in a straight row uh, that's purposely done. Paris is a highly planned city, and it was very easy without a lot of pedaling to travel from one monument or famous place to another so that was a good way to do it we didn't go inside these places because we were on our bikes but um,
1: that's something that we would recommend doing if you get a chance to go to paris this uh, bike tour went about 12 kilometers and which is about eight miles and we spent three four hours doing it and it really included many of the big monuments that you'd like to see when you go to Paris and it's much be- well because I like to take lots of pictures it was nice to be able to stop the bike and and get out the camera and take some pictures and they made these stops that buses just don't do so if you're mobile and if you don't mind riding a bike i would recommend uh, in any big city that you take the bike tour because it uh, is well worth a um, good
0: introduction to the major sites
1: and we're just planning a trip uh, in, to Riga Latvia. Ooh, where the Somewhere hell is that? we've
0: never been. <laughs> Not too far from Finland. A little too close to the nuclear plant in the Ukraine. Am I really going there? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, so far we are. Uh, we've had our doubts because th- of what's going on in the world, but it seems to be a go. And in a few weeks, when we do our next podcast, we'll be over there oh, again.
1: Oh, no. Our next podcast is. We'll be over there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to talk to you this about this in past tense. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll tell you how the Riga bike tour was uh, after that, after the next podcast.
0: The other thing we should mention is that at the end of our cruise, we had to get back to Paris to <laughs> fly home. And we ended up taking the TGV, which mm-hmm. is the high speed french
1: train which to the they tune have, of almost 200 miles an hour
0: which they have many of all across france
1: france is a big country and the experience that was we didn't know about delightful <laughs> we didn't know about what how big it was oh well we, d- we did this pre-cruise that took us three days to get down to bordeaux and of course we were going to bordeaux to become wine connoisseurs But we had to get there first. So we spent the first three days driving in a bus that took us down to Bordeaux.
0: With many scenic stops. Yes. That part of France is where all the castles are, and that's one of the reasons why we chose to go there.
1: And we then uh, got ready to go on the cruise. And many of the cruises in Europe right now are suffering from low water, but we did not have that issue. But can you recommend a river cruise? We've decided that we don't like
0: them very well. The ships are small. The cabins are small. The things that you can do on the ship when you're not sightseeing are limited.
1: There's no Um, entertainment at night. Fixed seatings. Yeah, we didn't like that either. There are a number of things that we didn't like, and this probably will be our last river cruise. And, of course, if you're going to the Rhine or the Danube, especially in the middle of the summer. This is very tricky. They have to empty the ship, br- bring you to a different ship in order to continue the the itinerary because the water level is so low. Or in some cases, they
0: just put you up in a hotel and bus you places, which is okay too, so turns- but
1: that's not why you signed up to go on a cruise. And we enjoy cruises because we unpack once and that's the, the, the it for that week or however long we're on the cruise. And that
0: particular area is very tricky because
1: in the spring when it does rain, typically,
0: who knows these days, uh, the boats can be too high in the water and can't make it under the bridges. So sometimes they have to do this transfer business at that point of the year and then certainly by the time we were in Bordeaux, the water was too low up there and people were getting move from ship
1: to ship, which is uh, not fun. And I don't think we're talking about a specific brand or a specific ship because all of the longboats on the rivers of Europe are all basically the same. They have cabins uh, on one end and they have the entertainment stuff on the other end. They're three decks high because they have to go under the bridges So, and they have a sun deck on top but they're all basically the same so I don't think we're talking about one specific uh, cruise line. It's just kind of the generic Physically way Physically limiting the way these ships are designed and the way they have to be because of the limitations of being on a river. There are a number of other things that we didn't like about uh, river cruising. So we had a good time.
0: I would say the main advantage is when you dock in a place, you're probably right where you want to be. So when we were in Bordeaux, which we were at the beginning and the end of the trip, we could walk into town and see the things that there were to see. That was very convenient and easy. It's the same thing as we said about our Paris hotel. Location, location, location. But that was counteracted by a lot of the negatives, things that we didn't enjoy and would probably not choose to do again. So that's just our opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. but take that for as a grain of salt and see what you think about it. And, of course, this was a wine tour. <laughs> and I don't think we are connoisseurs. We had a good time drinking wine in Italy. And they were very proud of their wine. And it was locally produced. And it was uh, very tasty. However... The the French take the rules to <laughs> take an excess. Wine to a, they're too serious, oh, too serious. different level, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. We didn't realize <sighs> we were in the prime re- region of France for growing wine or growing grapes, and. They put a bunch of rules
0: in under Napoleon, so we're going way back in history. <laughs> Things like you cannot irrigate your vines you no matter how dry it is. And, of course, these days, and that's a serious limitation.
1: Oh, no, but they do have an exception because for the first three years of the vine's life, they can be irrigated. Well,
0: they're young. Right? I mean, come on. <laughs> so they kind of, to my way of thinking, take a lot of the fun out of it. But it was interesting to drink a bottle of wine that was priced at a hundred dollars which is something we've never done before as part of our tasting and we have to admit that we have no taste there were things we like taste there were things we didn't like
1: but it didn't seem to have much to do with the price of the wine that's exactly right i can taste differences in wine if mm-hmm. i ab them I have it in front of me. I can tell I, there's a difference in taste between a $100 bottle of wine and a $20 bottle of wine, but I can't discern quality. Which one is better? It's just different. I wonder if you took a serious wine tour
0: like in Napa, uh, whether you would have the oh, same yeah, kind of... Oh, I would think so. And all this discussion about the terroir and the chalky clay. Oh, and
1: it was just more than we wanted to know. Well, and more than anybody needs to know Well, well no, there were serious wine people so there. Green is a color, blue is a color, but I can't determine which one is better. Is that mm-hmm. an inaccurate comparison? I guess so. I mean, I can see the difference. I can taste the difference between the two, but I can't say that blue is better than green. I don't know. That's just my impression. But... <laughs> We've now tasted numerous bottles of quite expensive to us wine and quite a few bottles of inexpensive. I mean, they didn't have anything under $20, but um, I can't really quantify it in terms of the quality of the wine. So your RV navigators are not wine connoisseurs, wine connoisseurs, even though we have now been to all of the vineyards. And if you'd like to see pictures, I have thousands of pictures of grapes. course you grapes. do. <laughs> you know, it was interesting that... We asked them about climate change and how it's impacting the vineyards. And most of them said that it was it was actually positive. It reduced the yield but increased the quality of the grapes because they had uh, more sugar in them. She has nothing to say to that. No, I, I questioned <laughs> so, the so, whole
0: thing. But.
1: <laughs> so climate change is uh, something that they are dealing with in a positive way in in France.
0: Because we also saw a show on TV where a lot of uh, folks in England are starting to grow French vines with great success Mm -hmm. and feeling that their wine is just as good or maybe even will be better than what's going on in France. It's a fluid situation, I would say, as we adjust to the ever-increasing heat, which we suffered from in France just as we suffered in Italy. Uh, luckily, our ship had good air conditioning, and the boats yes. the buses when we were on a tour, had good air conditioning. So it was easy to endure the heat when we had to. But it was over a hundred degrees in some of the stops that we were oh, in yeah. France it was too. Very hot. And that was uncomfortable and made us wonder why the Europeans haven't done more to air condition themselves and their stores and the places where they live. It's kind of a mystery to us. Uh, Certainly these days, as we worry about the effect of using more electricity and the climate, um, it's a thrifty thing to do, I guess. But people die when it gets too hot for too long. So I, they they said stuff to us like I don't like the smell of it. You know? yeah. What what is that? <laughs> and even
1: the hotel air conditioning was not powerful. It couldn't keep up. Couldn't keep up with it. It'd with be that. 102 outside, and it would be 82 inside. So 100. I found an article which is titled, "Paris is burning. So why won't Europeans install AC?" And you can read the entire article, if you're interested, by going to our website and looking on this month's webpage. Just one in ten households in Europe has AC, far below the rates in China, Japan, and the United States, where 90% of the households have have a cooling system. Why have some of the world's wealthiest countries been so slow to adopt hot weather climate control? It's a question that's at the top. Of the mind once again as another heat wave bakes Western Europe this week. Instead of using the moment to embrace AC, European leaders have mostly shunned the technology or moved to limit its use. In Spain, for example, the government this week began requiring that AC in public places be set no lower than 80. I set that when I go on vacation. Following similar measures, in Italy and Greece, when asked a French friend why her compatriots resisted AC, she explained it pollutes. That's true. It's often too cold. No, that's not true. Well, the that's air, how you said it. it. And she says the air is fake. <laughs> so in the winter, is the air fake? It makes you sick and it gives you a headache. It keeps you inside and creates non-stop arguments with the team at work. Which it happens me, in
0: the winter too,
1: with furnace temperatures. It makes me feel like it makes me feel like an old prune. <laughs> Is that our
0: problem? Or are we old prunes? It's, it's dry, maybe. I, and we have to say, as we drove around in France, we saw many RVs. It was vacation month in in France, of course. and we didn't, of course, see a single. Air conditioner on the top of any of these RVs, well, and yeah. when you are in a campground, we saw some of them. They were just sitting outside, fanning themselves because and it's it was unbearable. Hot,
1: hot. Unbearable. We had no rain, virtually no rain during the whole trip. So, so the trip ended with us making a mistake. <laughs> no, we didn't make the mistake. <laughs> well, we Many did.
0: times when you go on a cruise, you can get uh, a transfer back to the airport because, because we always do our here. Most everybody who is on a cruise is flying back home to wherever that is. And so I I called our cruise company and said, we have our own air arrangements, but I would like to buy a transfer. And they sold me one, but they sold it to me for the wrong airport. They had us flying (laughs) home from Port Bordeaux, even though in their computer system it clearly stated that we were flying home from Paris. So So that's
1: what put us on the train. So when we brought that to their attention, they said, Well, we're not taking you to Paris. That's five or six hours away. And so, good luck. (laughs) What do you do? And, of course, we could have, I guess, flown to Paris. but
0: Yeah, people did. And I think we we could have arranged that, but that's one more flight where you could lose your luggage and have hassles. And I just didn't want to do that.
1: And you have to go through security and blah, 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 blah. We'd have to do it a couple times. So, we checked with the TGV, which is the high-speed train, and there was a train that goes directly to Charles de Gaulle Airport. Oh, well, that's cool. So we booked the train, and it was, uh, hmm, I forgot how much, $40 each? It wasn't bad. We booked the train. We got a taxi <laughs> very early in the morning to take us to the train station. And we'd never done the TGV before, but it was fast. <laughs> it was cool. It had free Wi-Fi, nice seats. We were able to put or bring our luggage on board. We had to kind of self-porter our, ourselves, but that was no problem. And it dropped us off right in the terminals at the airport. It had a few other stops and made announcements that I think I
0: could have understood really? if I was worried about getting off in the in the middle of the trip somewhere. Uh, so I would recommend it if you are visiting France and trying to plan how to get from one place to another.
1: But it wasn't the super cheap uh, rail pass that you had in the past. Well, we have...
0: Many <laughs> things the, are not the, the same as they the were. The prices have gone up. But
1: mass. it was a, a good experience. And I think the trains throughout Europe are probably all that way. As, as Americans, we just don't think about traveling by train because in the United States is well... It's less efficient and not cheaper
0: and not comfortable. But they are so. building
1: a super high-speed train between Orlando and Miami, which ought to be cool, which opens uh, in January of 23. So that that we're going to give that a try. But that's going to be fairly expensive also. But mm-hmm. it's going to be a very nice trip, a couple hours to get from Orlando to Miami. I think that'll be very popular. A lot of people going on cruises and things will, will take the train.
0: We should also add that on this trip, as opposed to the one we had earlier in the spring, COVID seemed to be over. Nobody acted like it was a problem anymore. We didn't show our vaccination cards to anybody anywhere at any time. So I think that's pretty much the way it is here in the U.S. from what we've seen, even though it's not really over and some people are suffering greatly from the long-haul effects
1: uh, it seems to be um, a travel not, issue that is over. It's not the death sentence that it kind of was at at one time. So, is the end of Walmart parking about to happen to us? Ooh. There is a case where a person had their RV caught on fire, and it caught uh, the car next to them and, on fire, and they... Killed a young girl in the car in a Walmart parking lot. And there's some speculation that this is going to cause big problems. A Minnesota woman is suing Walmart in federal court for negligence and wrongful death after one of her daughters died and another was seriously injured when a camper van parked next to them in a Walmart parking lot caught on fire because of a hot camp stove. The complainant alleges negligence on the part of Walmart for creating a nuisance and failing to monitor overnight campers in its parking lot.
0: I don't know how they would have recognized a hot camp stove even if they
1: had been monitoring. Do you? I think they would just say you can't stay overnight. You can't no cook. Ca- they cook. No, no campers can stay overnight. That would be my guess. I mean, if that would be the knee-jerk reaction. That's where this if is going to go. That's exactly what they're saying. Allegations in the action could potentially impact overnight RV pavement campers, not just at Walmart, but at large retailers who have historically welcomed RVers for overnight stays. The suit cites Minnesota statutes requiring campgrounds to supervise camping and ensure orderliness and sanitation at such facilities. It also avers that Walmart has a duty to provide personnel with the specific task to monitor its parking lots and the effectiveness therein around the clock. Ooh. Most Walmart stores don't as they close by late night hours.
0: I can think of some Walmarts Mm. we parked into shop that had security personnel cruising around through their parking lots yeah it made me think that maybe that was in not such a safe area or they had had some incidents yeah. but certainly campers have to not feel entitled and to be grateful guests of places where they stop absolutely and that kind of burning ourselves i don't know Uh,
1: well i would guess that this person in a van cooking with a was (laughs) negligent in and of themselves and not typical of the rvers but certainly uh this is a privilege which we've had which may be something that is going away at walmart and their stores too in our litigious society what's the best rv road service for you Ooh, I've always is, wondered about that. Yeah. And it's interesting that uh, our friends at RVTravel.com have done a survey, and because we can't really answer that question. Uh, do you get AAA? Do you get Good Sam? Do you get um, one of the other services? Which service, you know, FMCA. when you have an emergency, frankly... Let's see, our last time we tried to use it was for our tire, mm-hmm. uh, where well, we had no cell service. And if you'd like to go back and look at uh, July's episode last year, you'll notice that we have an extensive coverage of our problem. But in the end, we ended up paying for the tire as well as the road service,
0: and arranging it ourselves.
1: So our road services did not come through. And we had the way we double, wanted them to. Didn't I we mean, have double this coverage is, still this is, at that point. Yeah, too? this is this yeah. is interesting that they would put on a Hancock tire, but I preferred to have the Michelin. And that, they said they couldn't find one. Yeah, well, there was one. We found one. So they would have, I think, fixed our tire, and, and us, we would have paid for and the tire and gotten again. us going again. But it wasn't. Uh, I would have had to replace the tire when I got home.
0: I think one fundamental problem here is that when you have issues, all these roadside services are contacting the same support people who would come and fix you or give you a tire or a jump or gas or whatever it is that you need. And so that pool of people can be limited, especially when the weather is bad, especially when you're in a rural area and there aren't very many Helpers around at all, and people like us who have big clunky motorhomes that have a lot of issues—the number of people that can help us is limited. Yeah, and so no matter
1: who your insurance is with, exactly. um, they're all talking to the same services. Service and on personnel. a Sunday afternoon, if there's nobody willing to come out and help you, not any of the services can can do anything about it because yeah. that's the location. And that was kind of our issue, but we finally got serviced by a Love's truck stop i don 't know and through the people who sold us the tire, yeah, so i don 't know whether it 's worth it to shop around, but you want, what you would do want to make sure is you understand clearly what the insurance policy covers, how many miles will they tow you, you know what does it cover in terms of uh, your vehicle, um, what types of repairs does it cover, How often can you use it? And if you
0: have a small rig with a small car set up, compared to us anyway, your needs are going to be different than ours are.
1: We've done our best to answer that question about the best road service by asking it of our readers. Hundreds of RVTravel.com readers took our survey. We didn't just ask, which one do you like best? We dug for details. How easy is it to deal with the dispatcher? How long did did you have to wait for the service truck to arrive? Did the service truck even arrive? These and other questions help you look past the hype and get down to the details you'll need to make an informed choice. And yes, we asked just how likely or unlikely it was that you'd recommend a given service, road service, to a friend or family member. So if you're shopping or if you are. Uh, just uh, or ready to renew for renew. the next year. You want to go to uh, our webpage and take a look at this article. Because it uh, it really, you know, will give you the nitty-gritty to make the best decision. Because otherwise, just chatting with your friends at RVNavigator.com are just not enough.
0: Or bitching around a campfire.
1: <laughs> Listening to us is not always the best idea. We have electric bikes, which we've enjoyed.
0: And they're
1: pricey, and good bikes can be pricey.
0: And perhaps you own a bike that you like quite well, but think that maybe an e-bike would be a better choice for you as you slide into old age as we are. And it's so nice to know that now you can keep your old bike and convert it to an e-bike. This is a very cool
1: option, which... Uh, offers you a more reasonable option for turning your bike into an e-bike you have a good bike already so why not just take it and turn it into an e-bike i read a, a good review of this and so of a trusted person so i'm gonna i don't know much about this company and i'd never heard of it before but i thought i'd pass this along as something for you to consider it's called the switch e-bike conversion kit and it cost about seven hundred dollars which is very low end for an e-bike and that includes everything and the way they do it is they replace your front tire with one that's just like your your current one but it has a motor in the middle and then they give you the associated electronics and things to and batteries and things to hook it up so for 700 dollars, you get yourself uh, an electric bike using your old frame which you've already enjoyed and fits you nice, and the seat is comfortable rather
0: than than starting (laughs) over. And they have different kits for different styles of bikes. I was even surprised they had a kit for tricycle bikes.
1: So, that's spelled S-W-Y-T-C-H, and that's switchbike.com. Of course, you can go to the link on our website in order to just click on it. But if you'd like to check them out uh, and you're thinking about getting an e-bike, well, converting your bike to an e-bike this might be a decent choice Uh, and please keep us posted if you decide to go this route i'd like to hear your first-hand experience with it
0: as you probably know we are owners of a numar dutch star and numar has been sold to Winnebago. And people were quite alarmed about that and what's it going to mean to us. And I follow the posts on Facebook and people are complaining bitterly about the fact that it takes so long to get a repair appointment at what they call the mothership in elkart where these motorhomes are manufactured and it's disappointing to read especially when you have the kind of emergency where you have to just stop what you're doing cuz your rig is un- undrivable and it would be nice if people could get in with with less of a time lag it seems like people have to wait 6 months depending on their yes, timing yes, to, to yes. get in to be repaired And so we were feeling kind of bummed about that, but then we read a post from somebody who owns a Tiffin. I want to read it to you. We've spent this week in Red Bay, Alabama, waiting for service on our motorhome. As our motorhome is more than four years old, we could only qualify for Tiffin service in their three-hour express bay, and it's first come, first served. It took us a week to get in. That's pretty good, I guess. And they only had time for one major item. Our entire 23-foot kitchen slide had broken the guides and the bolts, and while still coming in, had shifted to rub on the wall. Not good. While fixed, it will never be quite the same, so we decided just to leave a small piece of molding off and live with it. When the scheduling tech from Tiffin came to look at our long list, he circled independent repair people in the area from Tiffin's suggestions that might be able to work on it. So the takeaway I got from this, as well as what I've been reading about Numars, is the repair people that are not necessarily working for the manufacturer are a better way to go when you are having issues rather than just to turn back quick and easy to the person who made it in the first place. Of course, if you're under warranty, I think you have to go back to the manufacturer. Well,
1: Tiffin has decided that they're not going to fix anything more than 10 years old, and Tiffin also has decided... That um, they don't fix old ones, um, and whereas Newmar has decided that they will fix anything that they've ever produced, and you can make an appointment and you will get it fixed.
0: And we're ten years old.
1: Oh, well, we're, actually, I think
0: we were ten years old. Now we're more than ten years old. Isn't this a twelve?
1: Yeah. Isn't this twenty twenty two? Yeah. That's ten. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's eleven. Oh, and it was made in 2011. Uh huh. In November of 2011. Okay. But I don't think they really count on that anyway. But. Okay. Your R V navigators are not only getting old, but the their R V is, <laughs> is getting old too. I can remember back in the day when it was almost new. Yes. Oh well still we bought looks it. Good. It still looks good. We bought it in two thousand fourteen. And as I've said a couple of times, there's really not any floor plans that I would really buy as opposed to this one. Time for some technology here. Okay. You know, printers are very interesting and printer manufacturers have really got a scam going because epson in particular requires that you use epson cartridges when you need to replace your printer everybody needs a printer once in a while we print off our notes for here for the rv navigator for us to talk about and you know you just need a printer we have a printer here in our motorhome, and i have a printer at home but the thing that's happened at home is is that i bought a low cost color laser printer because it's much less costly to run And Consumer Reports, whose article I will link in the show notes, has a report that kind of confirms my idea that according to our expert evaluations, inkjet printers have three fundamental problems. For starters, they often don't do the job of printing text, the primary job people want them to do. Second, while they can be cheap to buy, they tend to saddle you with high ink costs for expensive replacement cartridges and wasteful ink maintenance cycles that are necessary just to keep the machine working. The typical consumer might spend $70 a year or more on ink cartridges, which can double the cost of ownership for the printer in as little as two years. And finally, data from our surveys of Consumer Reports members suggest that inkjet printers are not as reliable as laser printers. So when you consider those three things, and the fact that color laser printers can be had for uh, in the three hundred dollar range, which is what I paid, that it makes a, having a laser printer, which just comes on, the cartridges don't go bad, the the ink doesn't dry out, you don't have to have any special uh, uh, drivers or anything. So the inkjet printer mine prints double sided. It's uh, the ink is dry the moment it comes out, or the, the, fast, the toner it's fast, wireless, wireless. What else do you want? So, if you're thinking about buying a new printer, or if you're kind of just ticked off that you have to buy these color cartridges all the time, you might consider going to a laser printer. So, we're buying time, not things. I wish we had more time. Well, that's it. Our our travel experiences are based on, we don't buy things anymore, we just buy time. Is that our new motto? Buying time, not things. Hmm.
0: Well, I, uh, I can kind of remember way back when, when we didn't have many things, and I bought a lot of things well, yeah, but because they,
1: I needed them. I know, but that's... But now
0: that I'm old, I have those things. And that, I've taken good care of them. That's they exactly still work. The,
1: and now we pay for experiences. Exactly. So, so we I are think it's a,
0: it's a function of your age and your status in life rather than...
1: Well, it's our new motto. A philosophy. Okay. Well, you can read about it.
0: Yeah. And certainly in our age group, people are spending a lot of time and energy getting rid of things because no one wants them after you're gone. And certainly those of you who are thinking about full timing and have gone through that big time. And that's a group that's also working more on spending money on experiences than spending money on things.
1: There's a new book that you might want to take a look at called RVing Across America.
0: A quest to visit all 50 states, which a lot of RVers look forward to doing. Yes. The book description reads, In this humorous travel book, Alyssa and her husband hit the open road together despite their lack of income, the falling apart RV they found on Craigslist, and the tiny detail that never of them has ever RVed, ever. This book is not a detailed account of all 50 states with things to do or places to visit, but an honest account of what it's like RVing across America new friends, breakdowns, bear encounters, and all. This is the story of a couple determined to chase their big, crazy dreams no matter what challenges they face and the growth that can only be found by pushing yourself past your comfort zone.
1: And that is on Amazon called RV Across America, Uh, a link on our website, of course. Is it a Kindle book? Is it a Kindle book? I only buy Kindle books these days. Yeah, we don't buy anything printed, but on Amazon you could buy it as a Kindle, right? Or as probably an e-book of some sort. Mm, often, but not always. We also want to let you know that there's a beginner's guide to RVing newsletter that comes out uh, regularly. We just wrapped up the first issue last week and have another six months to go. If you're a beginning RVer or know someone who is... And there are probably some of those people out in our audience. I are you in our new Or Do you have questions that you'd like to have answered? Yes! This newsletter is for you or them. We spend six months walking through the basics. By the end of these six months, you'll be an RV expert. And, of course, where will you find that link? And our webpage. At rvnavigator.com. So if you take a look at that, uh, if you're, well... Just want to know some basic information about RVing.
0: RVs generally come to you uh, fully decorated, which is nice if you like how it's decorated. Converse could also be true, and certainly RVs that are older, the decorations get kind of worn and unstylish <laughs> looking. So we often see that people are doing all sorts of do it yourself projects to try to spiff up their RVs and personalize them. And Camping World has kind of jumped on that bandwagon with what they called design centers so I'll read you a bit from an article Um, we've noticed that many folks are redecorating their RVs Camping World offers RV furniture and appliances to purchase for quite some time so what's new with these design centers? Maybe Camping World is simply redecorating their own stores. It makes sense from a marketing standpoint push all your designing merchandise into one location inside the store and display a sign that reads design center. (laughs) Voila! A new RV space targeting the (laughs) RV rehabber.
1: That's entrepreneurs.
0: Camping World offers kitchen faucets or peel-and-stick backsplashes. Maybe I didn't notice them before they were moved to their new design location, but now they also stock a drawer products, medicine cabinets, and window treatments from my personal experience many of these items can be bought for, far more cheaply at your local hardware store or online and you really need to stick to camping world when you are buying things that only Applances. fit yeah, in right, yeah. in an rv yeah. like the faucet do we have a normal hardware yeah, faucet is just a normal faucet uh-huh, that, that you could buy anywhere so i would say maybe they would give you some good ideas but that may not be the best place mm-hmm. to
1: shop but we have no knowledge about this, no. first-hand knowledge. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the jokes. Oh, are you ready good for, for jokes? Joke. Jokes about the high gas prices. Well,
0: you better use these quickly because <laughs> the prices are coming down.
1: Oh, yeah, but it's still, f- well, for the RV, I, got, I felt I got a bargain at five oh five a gallon. Ouch. For diesel, oh, that's not cheap at all, as far as I'm concerned. i wonder if that's going to affect. Well, this campground that we're in just before Labor Day is almost empty.
0: Yeah, it's a, a county of, park. A lot of families are out of action now because most places, schools have opened already before Labor Day, so that's probably but, a fact. But this
1: site, this campground, could accommodate you easily. Uh, probably on Labor Day, it'll be packed. Uh-huh. But right now uh, we're here the week before Labor Day, and it is empty. I, we can only see one—well, basically one other RV. We
0: made a reservation, but we didn't need to. So
1: we can still make jokes about gas, right? right. Okay. All right. Uh, I checked the Kelly Blue Book today for my car's value, and it asked if the tank was full or empty. <laughs> I got gas today for a dollar fifty-seven. It was at Taco Bell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boo! <laughs>
1: My friend was robbed at the gas station today when the police arrived and asked did you recognize the thief she replied yes officer it was pump number 7 oh well, I didn't say these were good uh-huh. the guy next to me just put 10 dollars worth of fuel into his gas tank where does he think he's going ah to pump number 3 oh. <laughs> good news The bank finally approved our loan, and soon we plan to close on a tank full of fuel. Well, to fill up our RV with 150 gallons... um, At $5 a gallon? Do the math. Wow. (laughs) I don't think I want to do the math on that one. Whoa. The average cost of a gallon of gas hit an all-time high again this week. If you plan to travel this summer, it might be cheaper to mail your car. Oh, how many more of these do we need? Well, you can
0: put them <laughs> on the website. Okay.
1: I've got a few more, but my jokiness is oh, I'm just kind of oh yes, and then the gas sign set, gas and then an arm and a leg or both for the three different grades of gas. Well, I'll put some more of these jokes up on on the RV Wood Navigator website just in case you need you to need uh, laugh. you need to have, have a laugh with your friends the next time you're sitting around the campfire. So uh, we will just briefly mention what's coming up for us in the next month. Yet another trip to Europe,
0: where we are once again doing something that was first planned in 2020, uh, which was the end of this trip, which will find us sailing back to the United States from Europe on a princess ship.
1: We always like to sail back rather than taking a plane because of the jet lag, so we're going to be doing a 24-day cruise that starts in Southampton, England, and will end in Fort Lauderdale. So we needed to find something to do in Europe
0: to justify taking this cruise back from Europe. I see. And because it was so darn hot on our last trip, we're going to go to the Scandinavian area in September and October and we'll probably be complaining to you about how we're too cold. Makes no sense.
1: But we will be spending a couple of months this time in Europe, uh, starting in mid-September uh, and we will be t- returning just before Thanksgiving. So we'll have a couple of episodes on the road and we don't plan to RV again for uh, Quite a, a little while, while because uh, it'll be cold and we, well, we're not going to Florida this winter. So... That's something new. Why is it we're not going to Florida?
0: Because we're going to Africa. <laughs>
1: for a couple of months in January. So we have a lot of exciting things to talk about. Uh, Not all of them are RV, but we hope that you'll stick with us and send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you via email. and
0: Ask us some RV questions so that we stay on topic and don't
1: keep talking about the rest of the world. Exactly. So that's it for this month, and we'll see you at a... No, we'll see you at a hotel near us we'll see you at a (laughs) town near us we'll see you at a city near us or we won't see you at all (sighs) but we want to stay in touch and we will continue to do the podcast on the road well we're on the road this month but we're in the famous RV talk to you later happy travels stay healthy